Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. It's uh, it's the end of another week, the end of another day, the end of, uh, well, pretty close to the end of another year, or it's the start of a new one. Let's just say it's a start of a new one. You know, it was funny. I got... Uh, uh, I was having uh, issues. I, I thought that my video, man, my video is is really blurry and and just the, the resolution's off. And I, I had made some changes uh, during the holiday that I thought, well, maybe maybe I messed up some settings or something. So I was getting ready to dive in deep to the tech thing, which I abhor. I cannot stand having to dive in and do the tech stuff. But uh, but I'm a, I can. I can usually stumble through it and figure things out. It just takes me 10 times longer than someone who actually knows what they're doing. Well, so I dug, I came in uh, the other evening and a couple of days ago and uh, got ready, got, tried to get in the mindset to, man, I'm going to dive into this tech thing. I'm going to check out the software, mess up some settings, maybe the hardware, something's going on, something changed. And I've got my glass of whiskey, a little bit of Jameson over ice. And I'm like, you know, before before I go diving into the settings, um, why don't I try cleaning the lens? <laughs> so I cleaned the lens and, you know, that, that worked. So sometimes the, uh, the simplest solution is, in fact, the simplest solution. And in that case, it was. I'm happy that it was because then I got to spend the rest of the evening upstairs with my wife and my dogs, hanging out, reading, watched a little episode of a, a thing that we're binging on in uh, Tulsa, something with Sylvester Stallone. It, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I don't watch a lot of chewing gum for the brain type of stuff. I don't, we don't even, we don't have TV. We don't have cable. So anything that we want to watch, we're going to stream. And we, we choose that carefully. We choose that carefully. So anyway, again, thanks for tuning in. We're going to cover a lot of stuff today. I didn't do a show yesterday, again, because of the technical things. And, and I, I just, there was there was some, some things going on that it made it difficult to to get out and do it. But I did, uh, I did get some clips out. I did post a lot and tried to keep engaged with what was going on. We're going to talk about, you know, the shooting in Iowa, horrible, tragic. Uh, it's come out that um, a, uh, a grade school uh, child has died. As a result, there's a couple of others in critical condition still. The shooter, of course, uh, like the coward and pathetic person that he was, uh, killed himself after he killed others. I didn't want to jump in on that right away. I try to stay away from the shooting things for a day or two after they happen so things can kind of shake out. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Oliver Anthony came out with a, you know, his anthem that he did months back that went completely viral and made him a well-known name and got him lots of shows and made him lots of money on YouTube. God bless him. I'm think, you know, great. Lightning struck, man. And but but his consistency and his talent and his ability to to put stuff out there, you know, hey, there's an old saying that people make their own luck. And I believe that he is one of those people who made his own luck. I'm going to show you that video. There is a report that came out over the holidays that that they kind of kept quiet. In fact, they released it the day after Christmas. And that is white extremism is, in fact, not rampant in the military. That... Domestic extremism is extremely rare. And in fact, even though they've been telling us since 2021, when they first put out this narrative and this bullshit, that, oh, white extremism and domestic extremism is a threat to the stability of our military. Well, the report is finally done. And it says just the opposite. We're going to take a little closer look at that. I've got... You know, they keep saying the economy is great. Nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that because we're living it, okay? They can say that, that the economy is great, employment's great and all that. You know, the employment numbers came out. Oh, so what? 216,000 jobs. You know what? More people left full-time employment in this period than they have since the pandemic. 
and they're getting part-time jobs. They're working more than one job. So you have, and all those jobs get counted as jobs. So if a, if a person is working two or three jobs, in a, you know, throughout a week or a month, then those are all counted as a job. The numbers aren't good. And people know it. People aren't stupid. When we have to pay $8 for a dozen eggs, because uh, it's down to like $6 now where I'm at, it went down quite a bit to 2 or $3. Now it's back up to 6 but, uh, you know, people aren't buying it. When you look at uh, the, oh, man, where was I at on this? Oh, the, they, they try to blame, you know, they try to say that they've created all these jobs. We've covered this. They haven't created 14 million jobs. They've created about 3 million because the rest were just people going back to work after COVID. The job growth rate over the last three years under Biden is slower we have the slowest rate of job growth than we've had since 2010 under Biden so don't let them don't let them fool you less people are participating participating in labor force less of the workforce is working remember those numbers don't count in the unemployment numbers they like to brag about the 3.7 percent you know that's still pretty high and inflation is still twice what it should be we'll take a look at some of that uh, the mayor of New York is out there being stupid. Well, why do why do these cities elect really stupid people? I mean, the mayor of New York, the mayor of Chicago, these are not smart people. The governor of Washington State, these are extremely, they're not just dumb politicians, they're dumb people, period. And somehow they get elected. I, 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 don't, I don't quite get it. And I, I guess... Uh, and I'm and I'm in Washington State, and and I know that we have a we have a serious issue here, for sure. We do have an initiative process here. I'm going to cover that because there are politicians here who don't think that we the people should have a say on what's on the ballot. Interesting. Trump. We we got to talk about Trump. So Trump. They're, you know, the big issue now, I mean, all right, they are going to come after this guy over and over and over again. They're not going to stop. They will do anything up to and including, I fear, the worst to keep him from the White House again. I am, I'm, I'm concerned for his safety. I've said this before. Well, they say, well, he received $8 million from foreign in, of course, the headlines and all the liberals. Oh my God! Holy shit! All the Victor's shoes and the Harry Sisons. Oh, uh, uh. oh, I'm sorry. Did I just mimic? You know, no, I'm not mimicking anything. I'm just trying to be outrageous. You guys are freaking idiots. Useful idiots. And the funny. Well, he made eight million dollars. Okay, that was all foreigners coming. And staying at his resorts. He's a real estate developer. He owns resorts in New York and Florida and Vegas. People stay at his properties. Some of those people aren't from the United States. That's what they're saying. They're saying Trump took money from foreign governments. No, he didn't. And the irony of this thing is if, oh, by the way, by the way, I've got a, I've got kind of an important thing. I, I, I'm, I'm coming out. I'm coming out in a little bit. Just hang tight with me for a moment, please. I should have mentioned that at the top of the hour. I was close to the top of the hour. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, what were we supposed to do? Ban foreigners from uh, staying at his properties while he was president? If he'd have done that, they would have called him a racist and, and xenophobic, just like they did when he banned travel from China during COVID. So he just can't win with these people. I mean, they're, they're going to go after him no matter what and smear him anyway, anytime they can. Letitia James up in New York is saying she wants $370 million from him. This is the, the civil suit that the state brought. The state brought a civil suit. There are no victims in this. Everybody made money. Everybody ended up well. The banks are fine. There is no victim in this. It's, it's a victimless crime. She has asked the judge to award the state of New York $370 million. Well, that's not how she put it. Punish Trump 
by making him pay $370 million. And he and uh, and his uh, two, two different associates that are associated with this uh, can never work in, in real estate or property development in New York for the rest of their lives. Dun, dun, dun. God. Who's getting this money? Oh, the state of New York. There, there are, again, no victims. The state of New York is going to get this money. Yeah. So let's jump in. Uh, I want to, I want to, you know, of course, Epstein documents are dropping like crazy. There are people who can cover that far more than me and everybody's talking about it. I'm going to let things shake out just a little bit because there's not, it's thousands of pages of information. It's not a client list. But there, there is a lot of testimony in there. Um, but Oliver Anthony did a little clip of his his now famous song and put some video to it regarding it. So let's open with this. Check it out. I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to heat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is Disgusting You know, I put out a a post on X And shared it around the socials You know I definitely want to know who the people were, who the perverts who were engaged in this abhorrent activity with Epstein. But I also want to know who were those that didn't directly participate, but knew and said nothing. Because they're just as, they're just as complete. They're complicit in my in my view, they're just as guilty. There's a lot of blackmail, a lot of shit that goes on in the upper crust. Crazy, crazy stuff. So the shooter in Iowa, um, a lot of social media, it's all been scrubbed now, of course, but screenshots live forever. People got a lot of them. Uh, very sympathetic to the LGBTQIA plus community uh, may or may not have been trans was definitely very, um, very out there. Obviously you have to be mentally ill to go shoot up a school, but that, that festers on for a while. But the fact is they still shot up a school. They're the criminal, not the victim, but the press is in full on offense trying to tell you that, well, this guy is a victim. The AP put this, and this isn't the only story out there like this. Sisters Yasina Roeder and uh, Kama Hall, both 17, said alongside their mother, Alita, that Butler, that's the shooter, was bullied relentlessly since elementary school, but it escalated recently when his younger sister started getting picked on too. His parents thought his parents thought it up to the school, or brought it up to the school, they said, and that, that was the last straw for Butler. He was hurting. He got tired. He got tired of the bullying. He got tired of the harassment. Inesia Roder Hall, 17, said. Was it a smart idea to shoot up the school? No. God, no. But you see how they're spinning it. The shooter was a victim. He was being bullied. It wasn't his fault. He decided to get an illegal firearm and shoot up a school. By the way, in Iowa... People under the age of 18 are not allowed to own firearms. That law worked really well. You see, criminals and crazy people, they will get a hold of a gun. And if they can't get a hold of a gun, they'll get a hold of a bat and they can't get or or a knife. Or any number of things that can be used to hurt people. A vehicle works pretty good. Into a crowd. 
so you know the whole gun control thing is going to happen but all that and, and california they're trying their their gun control thing this this just this was a law that was appealed they passed a little while ago where uh under a new california law state gun owners are are barred barred from carrying firearms into churches banks public parks amusement parks zoos museums and other places after the state deemed uh, has deemed them sensitive even if they have a concealed carry permit and 26 places are on this list and the thing is even if you have a concealed carry permit even if you've had a background they require a background check you have to renew them you have to have training even if you do jump through all these hoops to have a, a concealed permit to carry a firearm in california you're not now not allowed to use it in 26 public spaces these spaces are so broad and so varied that it would be impossible to travel through a city without coming into contact with one of them, which in essence makes it illegal for people to carry a firearm, even with a permit. They said, uh, Winkler, who's the author of Gunfighter, the battle over the right to keep and bear arms in America, said concealed carry permit holders can carry guns in public generally. That's throughout the country. Uh, but California has identified a list of 25, not, not 26 places, that the law calls sensitive places like playgrounds and public parks and museums where you cannot bring your guns. He said, what gun owners say, however, is that when you add up all the different places that are deemed sensitive, effectively, it's impossible for someone who has a permit to carry firearms or to bring guns anywhere. Because if you're going to walk or if you're going to drive, you can't go in a park. You can't go. To, I mean, there's, there's courthouses. I mean, you basically can't conduct business. Any public building. How is this going to reduce gun crime? I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not going to reduce gun crime at all. It's going to, because the criminals are still going to have guns. Do you think that, oh, criminals are going to go, oh, well, I guess I can't carry in public places, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the only, this makes it more dangerous. This takes firearms out of the public spaces by people who legally and responsibly carry them that could potentially thwart a crime or stop another sh shooter that doesn't care about the law. But no, 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 no. The law, once again, the law-abiding citizens, you know, F you, get out. We're only going to let the criminals carry guns. Makes a lot of sense, right? Makes a lot of sense. <sighs> okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to move on here. We're going we're gonna to take a look at what and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna make my uh, so-called big announcement, which isn't—I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I don't have a huge reach. I don't have a lot of influence, but I do have my own conscience, my own opinions, and I'm gonna go there. We're gonna talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the U.S. government, and and they're out there. Biden's out there giving speeches, man, saying that everybody's an extremist except if you don't. Basically, if you don't vote for me, you are an extremist. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, members of Congress and Biden, any of our political opponents that, that don't agree with us, you're an extremist too, and you shouldn't be allowed to run for office ever again. Really? Yeah, really, really. So they came out with, uh, um, Vivek tweeted this, and then he posted a, a few stories about it. And Vivek Ramaswamy, man, I tell you what, more and more impressed all the time. This guy speaks the truth. He articulates in a way that people can understand. And uh, and I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Vivek Ramaswamy says, uh, the media, and this is true, and then I'm going to show you a couple of stories that that, that back this up. Because I, I, I try to follow Bongino's rule and bring receipts. The media effortlessly hyped stories about white supremacy and extremism, this is what Vivek said, in the U.S. military for years. Was it true? Nope. It was a total joke with no basis in fact. In fact, the Biden administration commissioned a report that found extremism was non-existent and then shamefully buried it by releasing it on the day after Christmas. I'm calling on the following news organizations to retract and apologize for their smear of American service members as white supremacists. 
and they did. NBC put out a story back in uh, February of 2021, and then a lot of other media outlets followed. It went as this, reported by the Daily Caller. Today, NBC News ran their headline, Pentagon report warns of threat from white supremacists inside the military. That was, again, in February of 2021, like I said, uh, prior to the commission of the study. Weeks later, Axios published a story entitled, Pentagon report domestic extremists pose serious threat to the military. Vice News came out, complete liberal piece of shit rag for sure. Their headline was American Terror, the military problems with extremism in the ranks. And the Boston Globe published a July piece, the single biggest threat to the security of the country. Extremism in the military is alarming experts. Of course, those uh, reports were bolstered in part by cries from 15 Democrat lawmakers who said in a letter to the Department of Defense that white supremacists are joining the military and permeating the ranks. The spread of white supremacist ideology is dangerous for the military and threatens to rupture civil military safeguards that our democracy requires. Now, I... I have yet to meet one of these white supremacists. I, I know that they're out there. There's organizations. There's, you know, the skinheads. I mean, we've known about those for a while. But is it prevalent? Is it the biggest existential threat to the United States of America? Or is it another uh, line of bullshit that the extreme commie Democrats are feeding you to put you into fear and to place blame onto their political opponents? See, by you cheapen, everybody's a racist now. Everybody's a bigot. Now, now anybody who doesn't support them is an extremist. They've cheapened all these words. They've made them mean next to nothing. So what's it going to be? I mean, are, are we, is now everybody doesn't agree with the Biden administration, the extreme commie Democrats, the deep state, the uniparty, whatever you want to say. Are we all extremists? They're going after Vivek Ramaswamy because they see that he's starting to resonate with people. And he's an outsider like Donald Trump. Well, the study finally came out. After two years of taxpayer dollar-funded research and interviews with more than 100 defense officials and experts, government studies, articles, and other data, the study concluded by the Institute for Defense Analysis found the Department of Defense may have inflated the problem. They, Oh, they inflated the problem. Okay. The report also found that, if anything, the risk in the rise of military widespread polarization and division of the ranks may be a greater risk. That means the government that is dividing and polarizing the ranks through their DEI policies that they've put into, they've put into government. So once again, the government's caught in a lie. And after spending a bunch of money on studies... It's been exposed, and the media is silent. All these, all these, the legacy media who put all these outrageous headlines out. So if those, if those headlines were outrageous, if their lie about the Hunter Biden laptop were outrageous, if their lie about the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax for Trump were that were outrageous, if their headlines about COVID and about the vaccine were outrageous, what are the headlines today? Why would you trust anything? Any headline that comes out from a legacy media outlet, why would you even fucking think of believing it after their track record that they've had for the last 10, 15 years? It goes further back than that, but at least they used to kind of try to hide it. Now they're just throwing it in your face because they think you're stupid. Here's the weirdness for today. The Nun Report is truth, freedom, and weirdness. I try to throw in a little bit of weirdness. And this is definitely qualifies as, as weirdness. You know, and it, 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 it falls into the category of, you know, I saw it, and so you need to see it too. I'm sorry. What is up with... She's not okay. There's a reason why she was in conservatorship. There's a reason... She's not any better. This is almost as bad as her knife dance. This is Britney Spears, by the way, for those who don't know. She deleted this shortly after she made it. 
I wonder if she got a phone call from someone who said, uh, babe, you might want to take that down. And then next up, we have this. That's Madonna. Just stop. Please. Please stop. She has to hold on to a bar, it looks like, to even support herself. Um, I... You know, it, it, you look at those people, and I get it, man. They're performers. It's it's hard to let it go. It's like the rock stars um, playing until, well, until they die. For the most part, they play. I mean, it's what they do. It's who they. It's more than what they do. It's who they are. I get that, but at least don't pretend like you're still in your twenties when you're in your seventies. That uh, that that's actually pretty gross. <laughs> I don't know. Is it gross to you? Or is that just me? Am, am I just being, um, am I being a little too judgmental on that or, or, or something? I don't, I don't know. Is it, uh, geez, man, oh man, these people, but Hey, you know, I guess they wouldn't keep getting attention if we didn't keep watching what they do, but it's like one of those things. It's like a train wreck, man. How can you not watch it? It's just, it's just bizarre. And then I shared it out to you and there we go. We keep propagating it. And that just helps spread it around a little bit. Vivek Ramaswamy is out there making a lot of waves. He is, in my opinion, the hardest working politician out there right now. He's doing six, seven, eight events a day. Every single day. He's out there on his bus traveling everywhere in Iowa right now before he moves on to New Hampshire. I think we're going to get a surprise. Is he going to win New Hampshire? Very unlikely. Extremely unlikely. Next to impossible. But I think he's going to give a showing out there that is much more than what people think he's going to do. It's going to exceed expectations and not by a little bit. Because when you have a candidate that says the things he's saying, the way he's saying it, for instance, uh, fake news. Trump says fake news. I agree. By the way, I'm a huge Trump fan. I love Donald Trump. I voted for him twice. And if he is the nominee this year, I will vote for him again. These are not fake news, fake news. And then he goes on. And whereas Vivek Ramaswamy style defines fake news. And he articulates it in a way with composure, without getting angry, without getting animated too much. So that people can understand what fake news is. And not only that, but the bigger impact to society because of it. And the fact that legacy media is responsible for a lot of what's wrong in America and the divisiveness that's going on because they go for all the clickbait, they go for all the BS, they, they do whatever the government or the, the, the uniparty tells them to print rather than just reporting the facts. And Vivek calls him out on that. And he gets specific and detailed on what is fake news. So Trump and Vivek are on the same page as far as fake news goes. But Vivek is able to communicate it in a way that resonates with people in a way that people understand it. He defines it. Why is that important? Well, the Trump supporters are going to support Trump. But there are those out there who are still persuadable. If they can be shown, if, 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 if they can be shown to know what they don't know. And a lot of those are younger voters. Vivek has the ability, the, the intellect, and the, and the ability to articulate information to people that might not otherwise listen. They might otherwise listen to a, you know, a, a, an old guy, an old white guy who's, you know, to, to, 
being portrayed by the media as crazy. And so the young people, they just listen to that and they think he's crazy. I mean, I know he's not. I'm not saying he is. But the fact still remains. And Vivek can communicate with the younger generations. He's 38 years old. He's closer to their generation than he is to Trump's generation. And and I think that that is something we need to really consider. Because when you have a candidate out there that's saying things like this, this was a, a post on X that came that he put out just today, and this is nothing new. He said this multiple times. On day one, his executive orders will include order 75% headcount reduction in every federal agency and rescind 50% of federal regulations which fail to meet the West Virginia versus EPA standard. I mean, this guy is getting detailed on exactly what he will do. And if you go to his website, his whole platform is laid out right there. It's the most detailed platform of any other candidate out there. And it's not even close. On day one, his executive orders will include move troops to U.S. southern and northern borders to secure our own homeland. Pardon all nonviolent J6 protesters denied due process and federal defendants prosecuted based on political motives. Also, uh, pardon Trump, Assange, and Mackey, and countless others. Repeal Lyndon Johnson's Executive Order 11246, which mandates race-based quotas in federal government and for contractors. He's not a big fan of the whole equity train. And in fact, correctly states, I believe, that it causes racism. Having discrimination based on race is not going to eliminate discrimination based on race. It's insanity. Day one executive orders. Order federal disclosure of all communications between federal bureaucrats and private sector actors to censor or financially penalize government disfavored speech or conduct. Get rid of censorship. Get rid of the BS that happened with the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop, the collusion between the FBI and Facebook and Twitter and Google. Government should not be controlling information through that. They can't do it directly. So they recruit and partner with private enterprises. Go get their private companies. They can do whatever they want. Not if it's at your direction. And Vivek's going to put it into that. So, it's just something to consider. Vivek and Trump are very different. But they're also very much the same. They are both America first patriots. I believe they're both extreme patriots. I believe they both want what's best for this country. They're the only two candidates out there that talk about a path forward and about Americans without being divisive. They're the only two candidates who want to put America first. They're the only two candidates who want to pull us out of wars, who want to secure the border, who want to deport massively the illegals that are in the country. The only two candidates that are going to pull us out of wars that don't want to continue funding Ukraine. The only two candidates that will tell you the hard truths. They just do it a different way. I think Vivek goes a step further than Trump in a lot of cases. And uh, here's an example of uh, of different... uh, Different way they handle things. And just their personalities and their style. They both work. Okay? Don't get me wrong. I just want to put this out there to kind of help people see that the America First movement needs to appeal to a broader demographic to survive. It needs to be about more than a man. It is more than a man. Make America great again. America first. That's more than a person. Was Trump the catalyst? Abs- absolutely. 
Absolutely he was. And he will always be the grandfather, the godfather, if you will, of the America First movement in modern times. And, and, and that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that will never change. Check this out. Vivek Ramaswamy had, he was doing a town hall. He had a, a heckler, if you will, or a protester that was outside that town hall. And this was his reaction. David, oh, oh, what, why don't I let the gentleman outside in? He seems like he really wants to come on in. Let me go. I'll go, I'll, I'll go get him. Yeah, I'll get him. Thank you. Thank you. So his heckler was outside. He was yelling and screaming. They could hear him. And Vivek decided to address it. What's your name? Steve. Can I get the door? Can I get the door? I don't mean, I didn't mean to. What's your name? No, I, didn't, I was just going to invite you in. I didn't expect him to come. What's your name? My name is Gabe. And are you a student here? I am. We actually spoke. We I did? Remember, yeah, I answered the gun question. Before. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Would you like to come in and join us? Because I know you've been vo- very vocal yeah. for this. We want to come in? You're welcome. Uh, you don't have to. You don't, all my stuff is out here, and it's about to ring. Yeah, you, bring, it bring it on in. You don't have to be. I just wanted you to know that you don't, you don't have to be outside. You're allowed in. Okay. Um, I was actually told that I couldn't bring signs in before. Well, so. you know what? I'll have something to do with that. So you can bring in signs if <laughs> no, you want, but I can veto that rule. You have your own voice. Come on in, and William give you a chance to ask a question, just like everybody else. Does that work for you? Because we've been hearing you from outside, but we might as well. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I thought if we're gonna hear you from outside, we might as well hear you inside. So come on in, man. <laughs> come on, we'll give you a hand. I'll give you a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, actually, the the strap is falling out. There you go. Okay. Yeah, is that your water? Good. Yeah, yeah, this is all mine. Here, I'm used to carrying equipment. Oh, come on. We'll carry your water for you. Oh, come on in. Pun intended. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hi, Mike. Come on in. Join us. What year are you? I'm a sophomore. You're a sophomore? Yes. Okay, good. Good. We know. You know. I've been I've been outside of rooms I've tried to get into before. That's been frustrating. Yeah. So you know. We may- How classy is that? He may, with that approach, be able to reach people that Donald Trump never would. And I'm not I'm not bashing Trump. Please don't take it that way. You know me. If you've been watching me at all, if you've been following uh, the Nun Report on socials or watching my videos, you know that I have a deep admiration and respect for Donald Trump. So don't 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 make anything out of it other than what it is. I'm just putting information out. That's what I do. This is Trump's response to a heckler at one of his rallies. To put it, just to give you a contrast. There may be a remnant. Oh, no, it's only the same people coming down the stairs. No, there's a remnant. Yeah, he's right there. Okay. Yeah, throw him out. Throw him out into the cold. You know... Don't give them their coat. No coats. No coats. Confiscate their coat. You know, you can't win. By the way, just to finish, I, was, I had one word left, Iraq. And nobody heard it because these characters. Now, look, that's his style. That's who Trump is. It's not going to change. And I, nor, nor should it change. Um, but you can see just the, the contrast between the two individuals who very much believe in America, who very much have the same ideals and a lot of the same solutions for that matter. But it's just how they present themselves in a different way. 80 years old, 78 years old, or, or excuse me, 80 years old, 38 years old. A huge, huge difference. See, Trump's not going to live forever. And uh, in fact, even if he is reelected, he has four years. So what's the future of the America First Movement. What's what's the future look like? And who is the future of the America First Movement? Or do you want to just be so close-minded and so have so much tunnel vision that we only focus on Trump in the next four years and who knows what the hell is going to happen next? I don't think that's wise. That wouldn't be my choice. I would not do that. I'm not doing that. But, you know, to each their own. If you want to do that, you can. You can certainly you can certainly go ahead and do that. This was uh, Vivek's wife, Arapova, had 
this to say about being out on the trail, you know, a campaign trail for president of the United States. And Vivek's, you know, he has some radical ideas and he's not afraid to put them out there. But uh, this was, and, and this is what surprised her. Check it out. I think I have learned. I think I certainly was maybe a little bit naive about all the hurdles that are in place by the system. For someone who is earnestly trying to make a change in this country. And I think that has been something that has been really eye-opening. I think you go into it with this kind of sense that, okay, if someone is smart and earnest and works really, really hard and cares a lot about this country, we can make a difference. And I think that there's a lot of money put in to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that's, I think, been one of the things that I've learned that's been disappointing. Yeah, it is disappointing, man. The system, the unit party, the deep state, it's real. And they live a different life. They're, they're, it, it, they are not normal. Okay, we're normal. We're normal. And uh, it, it, Vivek is a breath of fresh air, very refreshing to hear somebody with his composure, his ability to articulate things. And I've, I've done a very deep dive into Vivek. I've read his books. I've read a couple of biographies on him. I've studied his uh, his family's history, how they came to America, his educational background and his process through that, his business successes and how he built his companies, why he researched a drug on Alzheimer's, which is a great personal story. I've talked about it in past episodes. You should check it out. Ultimately, that drug did not work out. You know, the, the, the amount of pharmaceuticals and testing that, that, that happens, it, it, very few drugs actually end up working. Most of them just get, most of them get shit canned, right? As I've said, I am a huge Trump fan. I, Donald Trump has sparked something and created a movement in this country that is replacing the Republican Party. It's, it, he, he was able to accomplish what the Tea Party never could back in the 90s. And, and he's done it with authority. He's done it with conviction. He's done it with charisma. He's done it with personality. He's done it with overbearing, you know, masculinity. Not bad. Not bad at all. I like it. And, uh, and as I've said, if, if he's the eventual uh, nominee of the Republican Party, I will support him every step of the way once that determination is made. But until then, I got to follow my, my conscience. And, and I feel like it's pulling me um, in a direction that, that, that surprises me. I mean, I've been on the Trump train in the engine, pulling the horn. But I I find myself identifying my belief system more and my convictions more with Vivek Ramaswamy. This guy wants to hold Big Pharma accountable. He wants to take away their immunity so that people who were vaccine harmed from COVID and other vaccines or other drugs can pursue pharma for monetary uh, recuperation. Pharmaceuticals will no longer be immune. He wants to eliminate the FBI, the Department of Education, the IRS, and put in a flat tax and get rid of 75% of the bureaucracy. He wants to take our troops and these are things that he says. He doesn't just, he's not ambiguous about it. He's not, you know, he, he's extremely transparent. Take our troops and put them on the borders to secure them and protect America. He's extremely articulate. He's composed. He's the hardest working candidate out there. He's going to help attract younger people. He's going to be able to relate more with younger people because he's closer to them 
than us. He's unshakable. He's bold. And I believe he's honest and authentic. That's why... And... and you're going to, um, you know, some people are going to be surprised. Maybe some people not so much. Maybe maybe I'll alienate some people. Don't care. I'm sorry if you feel that way. I'm sorry if you can't take my personal convictions and my personal conscience and my communication of it for simply what it is. It's not a threat to you or anybody else. But, uh, and I hope you stick around. Because I... I got lots of things to say, but this is why in the primary, I've decided I'm going to support Vivek Ramaswamy. And I hope that I'm in Washington state. I hope he's still in the race once the primaries come around to Washington so that I do have a chance to cast a ballot for him. And having said that, do I think he'll get the Republican nomination? I don't know, man. Weird things can happen. Right now, all indications are that, that Trump will. And if he does, which very likely, he, he I mean, he probably will. You have to ask yourself, then, who do you want to be president if Trump can't be? If Trump is somehow convicted and put in prison, if Trump is somehow taken out, say, so... Trump wins the nomination. He has to pick a vice president. That vice president should be whoever it is that you would want to be running the country if the deep state is successful in taking Trump out by whatever method that happens to be. So while I'm supporting Vivek in the primary and I've decided to put my, my, uh, you know, my cart in that race or my horse in that race, whatever whatever the saying is. Um, should Trump go ahead and win the nomination as is expected, I will 100% endorse and support Vivek Ramaswamy to be Trump's vice president. So there we go. And uh, and I've, I've been feeling this for a while. This is nothing new. You've been wa- If anybody who's been following me knows that I've, I've kind of become a Vivek fanboy, that I've, I've been researching him, I've been uh, diving into what's going on with him. And uh, so I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too crazy or anything. And again, my reach is nothing. I've got, this is a small platform. I'm not, I'm not changing the, the, the direction of the election or anything like that. Let's not get ridiculous. But uh, I just wanted to share my my views with you. And, you know, I hope that you can be open-minded enough to accept that, you know what? There are other views out there. And they're not bad. And that the ridiculousness, the fact that the, the Uniparty, the deep state is attacking Vivek Ramaswamy, and the fact that Donald Trump speaks highly of Vivek Ramaswamy, that's pretty much all I need to know to determine that he's authentic. The deep state would not be going after him if he were a plant, if he were funded by Soros, if he was a Democrat in disguise, a Trojan horse. Those those arguments and those accusations become more and more ridiculous every single day. And you should really try to do some of your own research because if you're saying those sorts of things, I don't want you to ever have to look that foolish in public again when you say them on social media. This was a funny thing. <laughs> and I'm just going to play it because it is funny. And it, and it kind of goes along the lines of what I've been talking about here with uh, Vivek and Trump. Check it out. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thanks for all your hard work. You've been showing up a lot of time and you're demonstrating that we can do the work to get results. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I like you say that you love Iowans and you'll put us the Iowa mottos. You know, our liberties we prize. That's right. And our rights we will maintain. Maintain, yes. We will maintain. So, assuming that Iowans help support you in the caucus and you do a good one and you continue to gain momentum, would you consider, and I know you've spoken highly of, of President Trump, would you consider inviting President Trump to act as your vice president? Hmm. So, so you're, you're actually in recent weeks, this might be about the fourth time I've gotten that question. I actually think that it, it could actually be a pretty sensible move. 
in a sense that not that he's junior to me or anything else, I view him in that almost senior mentor figure role. So let's keep in mind, all right, don't don't jump the gun here. Jump the shark. Don't he, he Vivek sees Trump as a mentor, as somebody he wants if if he were to be president, and even if he's not. I mean, so imagine what if Trump does get the nomination and, and what if Vivek does become his vice president, he would be able to work with Trump hand in hand. It, it could be pretty cool, but this, this kind of flips the roles a little bit and his response to it is cool. Check it. We're going to keep going, but he's going to be in his eighties. He's been attacked in ways that are completely immoral and unconstitutional in this country. I think that would be the right role for a senior statesman who can pass the torch to the next generation. And so since somebody asked me this for the first time about three weeks ago, and then somebody two days again asked me again later, this is about the fourth time in recent weeks this question has come up, so I've had time to think about it. The answer to that question is yes, actually. I think he would be a very reasonable choice. And, and, I, and I think he's a patriot for this country. That might be a difficult, just for, we're all human beings, that just might be a difficult position for me to envision him accepting, in which case, We'll call him my advisor and my mentor, but whatever it is, it's not about Trump and it's not about me. It's about this country. And so you have my word. We will do whatever is right for the United States of America. And in selecting a vice president, most presidents, Democrat and Republican alike, have had a bad habit of picking somebody who they're not threatened by. Yeah. Right? A potted plant, you know, has been. That's right. That's right. And so I want, I want people who, whoever I pick as vice president, better be better than me in some important respects that we need. So whoever it is, I promise you that, that this will be somebody who I will be looking for the qualities I don't have. I want somebody who's going to be better than me in those. Successful people surround themselves with those who can be better with them, with those who know things that they don't know, with those who can contribute to the overall success of the organization. It's been proven time. And time again. And this is why a lot of politicians fail. This is part of why people have lost faith in politicians. They surround themselves with a bunch of yes men that just spout out whatever the hell they want to say. Whatever whatever the deep state says. We'll just all repeat the same thing. The Biden administration is really good at it. They're running right now on uh, on what I said yesterday. They they cannot run on the economy. As great as they say it is, oh, 216,000 jobs, oh, you know what? More people have left full-time employment. More people are part-time employed than since the pandemic. The employment rate, the gain every year, jobs are created every year. This is nothing new. All administrations, every single year, there are jobs that create get created. But the rate of job growth in the United States right now is slower over the last three years under Biden than it has been since 2010. So they can't run on the economy. They can't run on their, they can, they, they know people aren't buying it. All right. They, they know they can say all of their lines, all the, like I said, all the yes men that are st- stupid, just repeating what the administration wants them to say. They can't think for themselves. And uh, so they're, 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 so they can't do the economy. They can't do inflation. They can't do any of that. They can't do foreign policy, certainly after the Afghanistan disaster, after what's going on in Israel and Ukraine. And we still have troops in Syria and Iraq, for fuck's sake. Can have Sean Parnell on in a couple of weeks. We might cover that, talk about that a little bit, too. Joe Kent's coming up again um, very shortly as well. But uh, what they have to run on is their old arguments that... Anybody who doesn't agree with them is an extremist. Anybody who supports Donald Trump is extremist. And they will attack Vivek Ramaswamy exactly the same way. If he gains more momentum, if he starts to become more mainstream, if people actually start to consider him, or if for some reason Trump is eliminated and Vivek becomes the man, because they want Nikki Haley. The Uniparty does. But if Vivek becomes a man, they will attack him in exactly the same way. But I I don't think it's going to phase him. And I don't think he has any skeletons. I think he's pretty pure. He's only 38 years old. And and he's done it the right way. 
So Biden is going to go, they're going to run on a platform of, if you don't elect us, the MAGA extremists will destroy democracy. And Donald Trump is a Nazi. And Biden recently put out a pretty aggressive ad and uh, somebody did this to it. I've made the preservation of American democracy the central issue of my presidency. I believe in free and fair elections and the right to vote fairly and have your vote counted. There's something dangerous happening in America. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? History's watching. The world is watching. Most important, our children and grandchildren will hold us responsible. The Vice President and I have supported voting rights since day one of this administration. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. America is still a place of possibilities where the power resides with we, the people. That's our soul. We are the United States of America. There is nothing beyond our capacity when we act together. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. And then today, today, he has this address. Echoing the same exact language used in Nazi Germany. He proudly posts on social media the words that best describe his 2024 campaign. Quote, revenge, quote, power, and quote, dictatorship. There's no confusion about who Trump is. See, they're going to try to make it about that. They're going to try to, he's, he's got all these court cases. He's got a lot of private lawsuits and there's going to be more to come. The, the final shoe has not dropped on Donald Trump. They will continue and, and they've already got a plan laid out. They will continue to drop things out and set dates and do things to damage this man. Like you cannot, they haven't even started. Okay. And, uh, and that's why I think, you know, it needs to be not about revenge as much as it needs to be about the future of America and putting America first. The past is egregious. They've done things to Donald J. Trump that are unconstitutional, that are illegal, that should no man who has given service to his country in a private, as a private enterprise, the numbers of jobs he created, the amount of tax revenue he created, the numbers of businesses he created. And then as a public servant, not taking any salary, doing something he never needed to do. He's wealthy. He doesn't need to do that. And neither does Vivek Ramaswamy for that matter. He's a business person. He's wealthy. He's a billionaire. Just reached billionaire status recently. They're doing it because they want to serve the country. And, uh, and I think that needs to be recognized. And I think that we need to, whoever, whoever the nominee eventually is, and right now, you know, all the all the polls and everyone everyone would say the consensus would say it's going to be Donald Trump. That's fine. I'm going to support Vivek until that time comes, and then at that time, if it is Donald Trump, I will be a huge proponent of Vivek being Trump's vice president. They'd be killer, right? Make America invincible. I've said it before. If you had four years of Trump and eight years of Vivek, hey, oh, man, we changed this country for generations. But uh, remember, the America First movement is about more than one man. And we can't be divided. We cannot be divided. Just because we support different people. There's DeSantis people out there who I think say a lot of ridiculous things. There's actually people who support Nikki Haley. There might be, you know, one or two people that support Chris Christie. But in the end, whoever the nominee is, is who we need to get behind. I will plug my nose and pull the lever for Nikki Haley 
if she happens to be the Republican nominee. I hope and pray to God that she will not be. But again, like I said earlier, anything, anything can happen. And in 2024, the election year, this year, I think we're going to see things that have never happened. <laughs> and uh, so hold on tight, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, hey, if you're just... Uh, if you're just listening on the on the on the radio or or, or podcast, uh, make sure to check me out on Rumble.com/slash The Nun Report. You can catch all my videos there. I'm on X at Nun Report, like you see right there on the bottom of your screen. I'm also on all the other socials at The Nun Report. Put that in front of there. Or just go to my website, TheNunReport.com, and you can link into everything. One stop, one shop. Anyway, hey. Thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.